Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. Hey guys, this is Sean and Dr. Allison Howes coming to you with the Authentic Dentist Podcast. And here we are in studio about to have a really great chat with you about why you should not define yourself in your worst moments and why it's not good to judge other people also based off of their worst moments. And Dr. House, how did this all come, come about? Well, you know, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. So the new one was released yesterday and I was watching it and it was, it was just a really good story. It, it kind of made me cry. Um, there was a, a, let's call him a coach who was promoted to be a coach with Ted and he left the team in a really bad way where he tore up the locker room and stormed out. And it was just, it was just a poor way to leave. Went and worked for another team, got fired from that team. And then he needed to come back. He wanted to come back. And Ted, the coach was going to forgive him. And the team was not, they'd seen the video of him tearing up the office they were not going to forgive him. And when he watched the entirety of the video, it turned out that the guy was, he tore up the office and then he got stuck under the desk for five hours while people were coming in and out. And then he got locked in and had to climb out the window. So his not finest moment was really, really bad. And Ted says, we don't define people by their worst moments. And that, it just made me think that's, that's really true. Cause we do that all the time in our cancel culture. Well, and the crazy thing is like, that again, kind of like how I let it off. It gets me to think on the, on two levels, like how am I judging other people, but also how am I viewing myself? Um, and I think oftentimes, at least for me, I don't think everyone's like this, but I think for you and I, like we're harder on ourselves um, and because we've had to learn to give ourselves grace or, or mercy, then, then maybe it's easier to extend that to other people. Um, but then also this gets my mind thinking like, okay, well, you know, if, if I'm a listener and I've had, I've gone through abuse, um, I, I tried the whole believing the best about another person. You know, I, I tried the, the whole, let me not define someone based off of a failure, but then it ended up burning me. <laughs> And I'm probably a little jaded and hurt about that whole situation. So it's like, I don't know where, where's that balance? And this is like an eternal tension throughout humanity about forgiveness and identity. And is this who they are? <laughs> Does it define them? Should it? And it's not, it's not really clear cut. I mean, it really isn't. And, and I can't give you an answer on what that looks like. I know that when I have a moment in time, I got a patient come in who acted really bad at a six-month appointment. I mean, really bad. I was ready to dismiss him. But we didn't. And his next six-month appointment, we found out his wife had died. So he'd been going through that at the time. And that was his bad behavior. But he didn't, he didn't tell us that. So I'd written this big story about it. That was a bad moment for him. And I shouldn't have dismissed him from the practice. However, 
if I have a patient that every six months comes in and acts badly, then that's their character. And maybe it's a season in their life that they're acting poorly, but I don't want to be part of it. I'm good. You can go somewhere else. And when you decide to act nice, then you can come back. I think that's so interesting that you said a season because, oh, okay, I was, was going to say before, I was like, maybe we should just dive into that. It's like there's two different hats. Like as a professional leading a team, leading an organization, you know, repetitive behavior becomes a challenge, right? Because we don't want it to interrupt the value that we're providing, you know, our customers or our patients. Um, and that's where I was thinking, like, if we had the professional hat on, we're evaluating this different than if we have the personal hat on. Because as a parent, it doesn't matter if it's a season <laughs> or if it's a character flaw. This is your child. You have to find a way to live in the tension of, man, like this needs to get worked on. We have to address this. But if it's a team member, you know, as I was thinking, like delineating between like this is a one-off versus this is habitual or chronic. But that's where I thought maybe that intermediary is like if it is a season. Well, how long of a season is it okay? You know, maybe your office manager just went through a divorce. Okay, so what side, sort of grace are we going to extend? How long before all of a sudden it's like you're bringing the entire team down and you have to make a decision? You, you know what I mean? Well, let's, let's talk about both. So when we talk about your kid, you love your kid no matter what. Forever, it just is. That's because you're kid. But if they're an adult and they have a drug issue, that doesn't mean that you have to tolerate bad behavior from them. Um, so you don't, you don't have to continue to deal with abuse and being stolen from just because they're your kid. You know, you can draw that boundary. And that doesn't mean you stop loving them. It just means that that boundary is, yeah, this is a season. I'll help you when you want to be helped. But, yeah, I don't want you to live in my house and steal from me. And I think the same thing with a team member. You know, I care about you as a person, and if one moment you're bad, but if you're acting bad for six months, I don't really care what the reason is. You're destroying the entire team. So that doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody in the office. So that's a boundary. It doesn't mean that I don't care about you and I don't want the best for you, but this is the right situation for you today. Okay, so I love what you were saying about boundaries. And um, I don't know if this is just my ADH brain, but let's circle back to that because you also said something earlier about like the story we tell ourselves that may not be true. And that's where just recently, you know, a friend of mine, I don't know, there was just a little bit of distance. I wasn't sure what it was. And I started coming up with a story that maybe, I don't know, maybe we're just drifting. Maybe it's time because I know one of my blind spots is it's, I, I don't ever let go. I'm very faithful and loyal. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, you're, you're forcing something that maybe doesn't need to happen. Um, so this is one of those moments where I was like open to that. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's just what this means. And then sure enough, I find out from my friend, um, that they're just going through a really, really tough time, a really dark time. And immediately that's like, that's when I want to be there for someone more than ever. If they're struggling to connect to someone else because they're depressed or discouraged and you know, shame just lies to us. Well, that's when I actually want to be a good friend. But the story I was telling myself um, because, you know, I'm slightly intuitive, what was wrong? <laughs> and that's where, like, I've begun to learn. You have to question those stories because we don't always know what's going on. And, again, another class, classic example is, like, I'm driving with my kids, and when we're all in the car, you know, they tell my wife stories about when she's not there, how <laughs> daddy's a jerk driver. I'm <laughs> like, guys, I'm not, a, hey. I'm not a jerk driver. I just want to get places on time, and I know shortcuts, and, 
Yeah. So <laughs> I make sure okay. to point out when there are jerk drivers around, the difference, you know, so all of a sudden a car will fly past us or cut me off. But then I also make sure to tell them, guys, we also don't know what's happening in that vehicle. Um, so sometimes you don't know the story and you're making something up and you need to recognize that. But sometimes you can ask what the story is. And Brene Brown talks about this all the time. The story I'm telling myself is, and you say that to a person, and they'll usually say, well, no, that's not what's happening. Or sometimes they'll say yes, and th- that hurts a little bit, but it's, it's better to just know. So, yeah, we all seem to write those stories about people around us that aren't necessarily true. And I think we all do that driving. I get really irritated when I'm driving. I hate to drive in traffic. And, but that doesn't mean that I'm always a jerk. It just means that I don't like to drive in traffic. Because well, I remember one time something happened to my daughter. I don't know. She was two at the time. And she had what's called a breath-holding spell, which means you let out all your air because you're, like, frustrated. And then all of a sudden you don't breathe and you she passed out and it was super scary um anyway the point of the story is um we took her to the emergency room you know the ambulance came we called 911 and they only let one parent be with the child in the back so i'm like okay obviously it's not me it's my wife who's the mom and a nurse so i ended up they let me be in the front with the the driver and i bet that was quite a ride it it was and the whole time I'm thinking, I see ambulances pass me all the time. Not not all the time, but you know what I mean. You you see them pass by. But you don't know what's actually happening inside. And I was like, this could just be an annoyance to someone's traffic ride seeing this ambulance. But they don't understand there's two parents in here that are wondering if their daughter's going to be a vegetable the rest of her life. Because she was like non-responsive. Okay, she's fine. She was okay. Nothing bad happened. But but that was just a moment where I was like, wow, like I, I actually don't know what's happening. It's the same exact outward exp- experience. You see a ambulance go by. You see the lights go on. But you don't really know what's going on inside. You don't know if it's life or death. You don't know if someone just fell down and couldn't get up and they're using the ambulance to get to that. Like you, you, you don't know. And that's the same thing about the story. So I love that it's like we can have some wisdom. But I think giving people the benefit of the doubt of like this might be happening, but let me actually talk to you and say, like, what's going on? It is giving people the benefit of the doubt. And if it's consistent and a character flaw, that you can still set a boundary and say, yeah, I don't have to tolerate this level of behavior. Because there are times in your practice where a patient consistently acts bad or a team member consistently acts bad, and, and you don't have to tolerate that. So it's, it is. The, the thing that you, you also mentioned, though, was about yourself, though, is that giving that grace to yourself yeah, when you're being a jerk driver, <laughs> you don't want to continue to do that, but you can kind of look around and say, well, why? What's happening here? Why, why am I so upset about this? Am, am I really acting bad, or, or is this just the way I drive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it, it is kind of that forgiveness and then acknowledgement that, yeah, that wasn't a great choice. Next time I'll do better. And, and that's kind of what the Ted Lasso story was all about, is he made a bad choice, he learned a lesson, and... Yeah, now there's going to be an opportunity for things to change. Do you find for yourself that that's the harder part is not defining yourself based off of areas that you've struggled with? Or is it for you, is it with people in your life? I mean, I'm going to say it's both. I have a tendency to be very hard on myself. I'll beat myself up about something I did in high school. And it's taken a long time for me to just look back and go, 
yeah, I was a kid, you know, mistakes were made and you got to get over that. With people in my life, um, it's taken me a long time to recognize that there's a season for people. And I, I've hired and fired somebody three times in my office. She's back in my office and she is phenomenal. But we both had to grow up. She worked for me 20 years ago. She wasn't a great employee. I wasn't a great boss. Mistakes were made. I fired her. I hired her back. Mistakes were made again. The third time, though, we actually talked about it, the stories. And all of a sudden, yeah, we have this great communication. And when things go badly, she's like, okay, hey, I think this is what we should do. So she's become phenomenal. But, I mean, it's been 20 years. A lot of water under the bridge. We've grown up. So sometimes there's a season where this isn't the right person for you, but that doesn't mean it's forever. Don't cancel people. Okay, so I'm like completely blown away by what you just said, though, about that employee, because I feel like general wisdom, best practices would almost scoff at that example because it's like you there never should have been a third t- attempt. Like the writing was on the wall. You should have learned the first two times. And I can just think back to the fact that like we've hired some people and it didn't go well. And then we're like, oh, well, maybe it was just us. And then we hired them again. And it kind of still didn't go well. And we never tried the third time. But I love that story because it actually goes to show like, no, if you actually acknowledge the the substance of what was wrong and realize it, it's fixable, there can be this redemption story. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, I, I just think like. Well, think about yourself as an employee 20 years ago. I mean, you were a kid. I wasn't a kid, but my management style the whole practice has changed. People grow up. People change. A 22-year-old is not going to be the same behavior as a 32-year-old. So, yeah, I think there is an opportunity for people to grow up and to give them a second chance. The third chance, that was that was a, a risk, but it turned out beautifully for me. Yeah, I, I really, like, that's probably one of my favorite stories that you've shared because um, I think people, like, I love, who doesn't like a story of redemption? Like, the idea that, that um and maybe it's just because I have to believe that I'm not just someone that's hopeless when I run into the, the same walls over and over again. You know, as my therapist just gave me some counseling about, which again, it's funny that I'm mentioning I have a therapist, but um it it was a, a situation where I didn't really know how to respond, um, how how to view myself in. And he's like, Well, take yourself out of the situation. What would you say to a friend that was going through the same thing? And instantly it was crazy how it's like, well, that's easy. It's like, well, what do you mean it's easy? Well, this is what I would say to them. Like, you know, don't, don't get hung up on the things of your past. Like your present is so important and the future that you can have and the way you need to be there for your family. Like, don't let the pain of the past poison the potential you have in your future. And he's like, okay, so if you could say that to a friend, why wouldn't you say that to yourself? And I'm like, because I should have known better because all the shoulds, the oughts, the areas where I guess I haven't forgiven myself showed up. But with a friend, it's like you do know better, but it doesn't mean the mistakes weren't made. I mean, if you're human, you're going to make some mistakes. It's funny that you're so dismissive about the, the therapist. I think there's always times in our life where there's a lot going on and, and I don't have all the skills to manage them. And my mentors don't have time. I mean, truly, my mentors don't have time to spend with me to help me solve all of these issues. So, yeah, I've used therapists, I've used coaches, I've read books. I mean, you you can't just go through life all by yourself in a vacuum. So, yeah, the therapist is good. I don't I don't know if it's just one of those like part of getting older is like you 
you start living that lifestyle that that is more prudent and wise. And I didn't have a therapist when I was 20. <laughs> and I'm not 20 anymore. You know, I'm 37. And yeah. Because I, you knew everything at 20, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And that that's like back to the whole, you know, the wisdom of like, you know, your your parents. I don't know. I actually don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see what you're going so your your parents did the best they could with you, but they didn't give you everything, all your tools. So you got to get it somewhere. So I think the therapist is okay. And the the 20-year-old employee that screws up all the time is not, yeah, you give them grace in 10 years, just like you have to give yourself some grace. Maybe you've matured. Maybe you need to learn some more skills. I definitely need to learn a lot more skills. I'm hoping in the next 10 years, I'm going I'm to get more leadership skills, and then I'll quit, and I won't need them anymore. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic.